You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float, that's what we're gonna do. You can't deny there's nothing like friends and family and food. Don't sit still, pull out your grill, we're gonna have a barbecue. Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. And today we've got one of the most interesting accessibility testers in the world, Miss Carrie Morales. How you doing, Carrie? Hey, Chris. I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. It's been a long time since we've had a chance to chat and talk um you you've got uh, a new youtube channel that you've got going and uh why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with the youtube channel that you've got going and maybe you know some of the other things that uh you're involved in yeah sure so my new youtube channel is called carry on accessibility and yes it does have a bit of a pun and so i'm sure if you can just search that on youtube carry on accessibility um and I've also been doing a lot of accessibility testing with um, both Google and um, Make It Fable. That's the company that partners with different organizations to do a lot of accessibility testing um, on different apps and websites and products and things like that. Awesome. And and that's something that you've had an interest in for an extremely long time because when we first met, you know, the, I mean, this goes back. 2017 maybe 18 mm-hmm. at, at the, I think so anyway and and you you know had the YouTube channel going you were you know again it was about accessibility it was about um, you know a lot of uh, products you know reviews and chat about those kinds of things and uh, you you have some vision you're low vision and so you use screen uh, magnification right? Yes, I, I do use screen magnification a lot of the time, but um, as my vision uh, kind of declines uh, slowly, uh, I've been learning a lot more screen readers and using them a lot more. Okay, yeah, all right. And, and that's that's been interesting for me listening to your latest episodes of of your YouTube channel because you were definitely... And, and and for the most part, still are an Android girl, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do have an iPhone and an iPad, and one day I'll get a Mac, but um, my daily drivers are definitely uh, Android phones, so, uh, yeah. yeah. But but it, you're... I know everyone has their 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 preferences, right? I mean, I'm I'm an iPhone user, but at the at the same time, I'm realistic and I'm not like, oh, it's the best thing ever made and there's no issues and no problems with it. You know, you've you've been really well balanced, I think, anyway, when it comes to talking about all the accessibility um, issues, all the accessibility rights and wrongs, everything that is going on, and even in your comparisons. Between the phones, um, you know, they're the uh, the operating systems, uh, because I, I heard recently on a different podcast, you were talking about even how with Apple OS, you know, like with screen readers or voiceover, you know, might be better 
on you know for the iPhones as opposed to TalkBack, but yet for magnification, you prefer Android and and their accessibility. I think it's very nuanced, and I, I do like to really uh, talk about both sides because there are many people that uh, talk about iPhones as if it is the the one and only um, accessible uh, phone out there, the iPhone, and uh, it, it's not. Um, and uh, as much as I, I will concede that perhaps uh, voiceover um, is, is a bit more responsive um, when it comes to uh, touching the screen and swiping, maybe it's, it's like a few nanoseconds faster and things like that. Yes, that... Um, that is certainly true, but there are many people who are totally blind, who are screen reader reliant, that are uh, purely use Android. Um, and, and it's not just about being a screen mag user versus a screen reader uh, user. Um, I think that it, it really, really depends. Um, there's a lot of preference there. There's a lot of um, kind of what you started with. If you has kind of started with an iPhone, then if that's what you're comfortable with, then I, I think that's perfectly fine. I, I believe that everybody can use the tech and the phone that they, they're most comfortable with. And I'm most comfortable with Android and uh, with the their screen, their um, magnification solution, as well as uh, even with TalkBack. Um, and one of the biggest things for me is when I use, because I'm a hybrid user and I use magnification and I use a screen reader a lot of the time, um, the experience when using both in my in my experience has been much better on Android versus iPhone. When I have um, Zoom enabled on iPhone, uh, voiceover voiceover just gives me a lot of problems um, and it, it can be pretty buggy. So in that sense, uh, I really like Android, but there's so much more to both operating systems than just their accessibility, honestly. And, you know, if, um, if it was just about accessibility, then yeah, maybe, maybe that could be true about uh, uh, partially anyway, about if you're more of a magnifier user than maybe Android. There are people who, who are visually impaired that hate the, the really dislike the Android uh, magnification um, and prefer iPhone and, and then vice versa. Um, but it's more than that. The The platform itself is more open for Android and everything is so much more closed down with Apple products. So that's, that's I would say that's both a, a good and bad. So they can really control it to try to make the experience better. But then when you try to do certain things that they don't want you to, then you can't really. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I had forgotten for the longest time that uh, I, it's almost as though I just automatically think of Mac and Apple and, and you know, iPhones, iPads and all, all of that. And I actually have a Sony TV that runs Android and has the Hey Google um, feature on the remote. And, and I just forget about it. Right. Because I'm not used to using it. But I, I will say this when I do remember it's there and I use it, it works great. It really does work mm -hmm. great. 
So, uh, so that that's definitely it's one of those things where if if something was to happen with Apple, if something was to happen, it is certainly good to know that there is other options that are out there for me, you know, uh, and that that people are using them successfully, right? And and yeah, being, absolutely. Yeah. And and the thing is with Talkback, it has come a long way, especially the past couple of years. Uh, if you had asked the same question maybe five uh, five years ago, uh, then yes, it would most definitely probably be iPhone um, yeah. <laughs> as you know what's most accessible. But Google has worked really hard toward making um, Talkback a better experience, and they're continuing to do so. So I'm hopeful. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that you know you've got somebody that is out there you know testing a bunch of different products as well that um, you know I'm sure if you're testing apps or you're testing products whether or not they're accessible probably a lot of that has to do with whether or not they're accessible uh, by being controlled with a phone or an iPad whether it's Android Google uh, or or iPhone or something like that so there's probably a lot of testing w- with those different devices when it comes to other products. Is that right? Working those together? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of these things have to be tested on on the web with a a desktop screen reader and then also with voiceover and then with talkback. And it really depends. Each time that uh, I'm testing something, it's kind of different on each platform. And sometimes one will be... um, more accessible than the other. And, and then you just have to give that feedback of how it could be improved. Yeah. So one of the things that I've really loved about the YouTube channel that you've done in, in addition to the videos that you post it, are the questions you ask on kind of like a, a, I guess it's a community page or a community chat kind of thing that YouTube offers uh, for creators. And you're able to pose questions and you've done a lot of that. Um, and one of them that really got my interest a, a while back, and this has been a couple of months, but I was like, I, I definitely need to get a hold of Carrie and get her on the <laughs> on the podcast because you were talking about what makes something accessible. What do you consider some, you know, to be accessible? And and I really got to thinking about this with appliances, with ovens and stoves, particularly as well mm-hmm. as washer dryer and and uh, other things, but. Everything seems to be at this this touch screen now. That's all flat. There's no any markings or differences for anyone who's blind or really low vision to be able to tell where to be able to touch those screens. And sometimes they're so sensitive that even yes, just getting close, yes. they just go off. It's like I know me. you're trying to find the button and like what just yeah. putting your hand on it. It's like beep beep beep. Yeah. beep. I know. And so obviously, so something like that, I would say, okay, yeah, not, not accessible. I mean, bump dots. Okay. That can help. Uh, and sometimes Mm -hmm. that I think can make it accessible, but, um, you know, I've, I've, we've got a stove ordered and I've went old school. It's got no touch screens, nothing digital that is on it. It's all just turn knobs, you know, rotate the knob to where you need it to be. Uh, and, and, you know, that's it, right? It's, it's completely old school. And to me, that's accessible. And I think there was another guy that I heard one time uh, interviewing a, a low vision chef who basically made the point it rather than being um, smart 
you know, it's just simple. And, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, that, that, I, I, that just really resonated with me. I, I, I just loved it and, and I've run with it ever since, you know, sometimes the simpler is better than, you know, thinking of something as being smart. The problem is everything just about anymore is smart and yet still not always accessible. Absolutely. And I think so much of the industries have seen where touchscreens have really excelled on your phone and all these things that are like, oh, we'll just put touchscreens everywhere where, where you don't necessarily need a touchscreen or touch sensitive buttons. And um, we just purchased a washer a couple months back. And the, the, while it has like a knob, like right there in the middle, um, on the side, there's a panel. And instead of being like regular buttons, they're touch buttons so that you you can't push them in. It's not a touch screen, but it's like this in between that I think is kind of worse yeah. <laughs> because it's it's hard. You can't put a bump dot because it, it activates it. And it, it, while you're putting your hand over it, it, it activates and, and it's just really challenging. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's where, you know, sometimes going back to the old school, you know, just turn knobs. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that seems yeah. to work out so much better. <laughs> um, you know, but, but everybody but, wants the smart things, right? It was, I, I don't yeah. know if it's, I, I hate to say sometimes it's because we've gotten lazy. Cause I don't think that's always the case. Sometimes it is, but it, it's, it's really not always the case. Cause sometimes it, um, it, it, it saves a lot of frustration you know, for someone to be able to tell a device, like you know, the A lady, the S lady, the the Google mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, to you know, to turn something on or set something to a certain yeah. temp or whatever, that that's nice. It's that, really nice. That's the thing, though. A lot of these have apps and things, and and don't even get me started on the accessibility on those apps. Sometimes it's just absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really great to be able to to ask uh, the A lady or all, all the um, assistants. But what happens when the internet goes down? What happens if there's something like a problem, and you can't talk to them? So some people would say that having this ability to talk to these assistants makes it accessible. But what happens when things go wrong? Um, and, and that's the thing. How are you supposed to control? your microwave or your washing machine or, or whatever, um, oven toaster or, or air fryer, whatever appliance mm-hmm. it is, how are you supposed to interact with it? If the only accessible way is through your voice, through the internet, through these assistants. Wow. Yeah. Well, in fact, um, this past, uh, week I, I got up, I was going to make some breakfast in the air fryer and, the uh, I, I don't know what happened, but my the devices weren't responding. I couldn't turn mm-hmm. it on with them. It, it, it yeah. wasn't working. And it was kind of weird because the Internet, we could download things, we could watch things, but I couldn't upload anything. It was it was really odd. I don't know what the issue was, but the but the smart devices weren't you know working. The A-Lady wasn't working. It wasn't responding at mm-hmm. all. And so I got my phone and the app was still there and I was able to turn on the air fryer that way. But you're right. If that hadn't have been a backup, right? Because, 
Yeah, well, I mean, if because it was connected to the to the Wi-Fi, not Bluetooth. Um, mm-hmm. But even at that, you know, if, if something happens, your phone dies, and then you know the internet is out, you you can't connect to you know some other accessible device, then they're not smart devices, <laughs> right? Because they they don't exactly. work for you. They don't work exactly. For you. And even even rewinding, what about the actual setup? Is that accessible? What about even before that? How how are you supposed to even know what the buttons are, or what to press, or or what to do to be able to connect them? Are those steps accessible? What about the user manual? Is that something that you can access? And with you know, perhaps you can use a screen reader to read some of the manual, but are those diagrams and the 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 pictures on it are those accessible? Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, that's questions that I think a lot of people don't consider. They don't think about that at all. Uh, I set up my air fryer by myself with no usable vision, but as I've said on this podcast uh, back uh, several months when I got it, I got lucky. I had to hold, I had to find one area on that touchscreen and hold it down (laughs) while, you know, for it to enable the Wi-Fi connection process and and I found it. <laughs> mm-hmm. After about three or four times, I found that one area in the upper left corner, you know, and held it and and it worked. And so and then I, the the rest of the steps on the phone was all accessible and getting it connected to the other devices that that was I was able to do all of that. It was just a matter of finding that button. And I do think I got lucky, but uh, you know, and and sometimes I think in this conversation, we we look at that, you know, oh, so it worked for me. Well, getting lucky and having it work for you is not what the community needs. Yes, absolutely. And there's, I actually did a, um, a video with another um, content creator, Cindy from Seeing Blind, where we talked about retail accessibility and how, you know, the, the, the products, um, I mean, we talk a lot about apps and websites, and there's a lot of strides being achieved with accessibility on those fronts. But what about these these appliances and even um, just any product, really? Um, where is the standard of accessibility? And um, there's actually a project going on right now that's a, a startup. Uh, I believe it's called SAR, which is Standardized Accessibility rating. Um, uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not okay. sure, but they're trying to tackle this problem of accessibility of products and not just digital accessibility. Yeah, right. And that, you know, we've, we've got a company that partners with Blind Grillin uh, called Flame Boss that makes controllers for, uh, for charcoal grills. And they worked with me to get their products accessible and they, while they don't, not every product, okay, they have a, a, um, a product that requires someone to be able to look at something on a screen to get it set up to initially. But they then uh, came out with the, like the Flame Boss 400, which has no screen whatsoever. Right. It, it mm-hmm. you can do it completely 
blind with no sighted assistance from the time you get it in the mail to the time you're up and running. Someone who is totally blind can do it all by themselves. Um, you know, with, That's awesome. with yeah. And, and, and so they, they've created this and they, they've done that. And, and this is not an accessibility company, right? This is a company for the barbecue world that just recognize that, Hey, we have some blind and visually impaired barbecuers and we want to make our product accessible for them as well. So, um, so they did it a small company, right? This isn't mm-hmm. a, a, you know, this huge corporation that is this worldwide conglomerate of, of products and things that's not what this is, but yet they took the time to do this. And I think that shows me that if these other companies really want to make this happen, they can do it. Yes. And and that is very true. I think a lot of it is them realizing that there are people who are blind that, that need this. I mean, look at Sony right now. They have come out with um, a screen reader for their cameras. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, many people would think, well, why would you even put a screen reader on a camera? That makes no sense. How can a blind person, you know, why would they even want to use a camera? Um, but there are definitely people that use it. I myself, I, I struggle with with menus on my Canon. I'm like, wait, maybe I should get a Sony. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's amazing um, when people know when companies know that this is something real that people can actually use. It, it's great when when you see them actually working on these solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know Sony. I've I've watched several videos because. It's been over a year since Sony first came out with that uh, that screen reader uh, technology mm-hmm. in the A7 IV, I think the camera is. But uh, they just had done some things at some kind of little conference. I can't remember what it was called. SEMA, maybe? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, but they there were some folks who were who were out there testing and looking, and they were showcasing and they pointed out that they they've they're going to have some new technology coming out uh, that that's improved on right they they threw yes. it out almost yes. like a beta and and it's on some cameras but now they're uh, i guess they've gotten all the feedback and they're ramping up and uh, as well as some other technology that I think is really cool that Sony is doing but um but definitely with the cameras I'm I was interested I'm interested in that as well um you know we're we're definitely in the Canon ecosystem. My wife, of course, she's sighted, but she she does a lot of product pictures and and things and um, social media for various companies. And she's uh, you know does a lot of pictures and loves the Canon you know ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But I can't grab. You gotta it get Canon to get on board. I know with it. it. You know? <laughs> I know it. I would love to grab a Canon camera and and you know, go through all the menus and get things set and take a picture. That would be, that'd be yeah. awesome. But uh, now just imagine um, if you would AI being integrated into these cameras and meaning, you know, for a scene, uh, scene descriptions and things mm-hmm. like that. Imagine them being on an actual mirrorless or DSLR camera where you can just point it at something like how we can use seeing AI or Google Lookout, and, and it can tell us like what's in frame. That would be yeah. amazing. Yes, it would. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, there uh, there's another camera, DJI, their Action Three camera, 
again, you have to have sighted assistance to get it going, but they have a talkback feature when you're switching between photo, video, or any presets that it actually speaks out, you know, photo, video, HDR, uh, C1, C2, it, it, it actually says those things as you switch through that. So you know what setting you're on. Um, and so there are other companies, it, it's minimal, but it's something, right? And yeah. it's got to start somewhere, you know, so I don't want to mm-hmm. be like, you know, why'd you throw that on there, you know, when, when it's not completely accessible? Well, sometimes it's it's going to take a little more from us and some encouragement and not just, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have it right at all, then don't do it at all because that's not what we want. We want folks to, you know, start putting these things out and, uh, and just build on them. And we just got to be there to say, yes, we're using your product. Yes. We appreciate what you're doing now. Keep it coming, keep it going. Yes. Yes. And that's, I think that's, what's more important is seeing them improve and, and change and listen to feedback and, it's it's when companies simply still try to slap on some solution and say, oh, we're done. That's mm. it. You guys should be good now. Stop complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the problems come in. And you know, if it's not uh, 100% or even close to 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 it in the beginning, you know, as long as we, at least for me, as long as I see that you're working on it and you're trying, then that gives me a lot of confidence in 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 the product. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. All right. Well, hold on just a second. We're going to pay another couple of bills and we'll get back to our conversation. Kickashbasket.com. For all your grilling accessory needs, you want to get rid of all the technology and all the digital world and just get simple with keeping track of all of your charcoal, getting rid of your ash, easy cleanup, from the grill, check out kickashbasket.com. They've got insulated gloves. They've got all kinds of great lifters and accessories that you need to make your next cookout one that will be remembered and the cleanup that will be quick and easy. Tell them Blind Grilling sent you. Go to kickashbasket.com. Yeah, Carrie, this is it, it this is a great topic I think because it, it it's not just on phones and cameras and computers. You know, this this goes into the kitchen, it goes out to the grill, it goes out to, you know, it, it, just about any aspect of our life because you know, uh, we we're not the the homebodies that people think, you know, either we should be or they expect us to be because we want to be out there. We want to be, you know, involved in our community. We want to be involved in our neighborhoods and we want to be productive in, in work. Right. I mean that, that we want to be, mm-hmm. have that independence yeah. as well. And, and there's a post you put out this past week. Uh, another question. I, again, I love all these questions you come up <laughs> with. They, they're awesome. And, and they really get me thinking, they really get me thinking about this stuff. But you were asking about vehicles and whether or not or, or how I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but you know a lot of vehicles now are all touchscreen um, and getting away from physical buttons. And and you know 
there's passengers, right? We're passengers in these vehicles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they've got these dual climates, right? So you got AC or heat from one side to the other. You've got, you know, if you're a passenger in your car, maybe you've got a heated seat or a cooled seat, or, you know, you, you've got other things, you know, someone doesn't mind if you take control of the radio, but yet if it's all on a touchscreen, it, they're, yeah. they're not accessible. Absolutely. Every time I get in the car, in the passenger seat with my brother or my mom, whoever's driving, or a friend, it, it blows me away. Like, I can't do anything anymore. Um, <laughs> hardly. Yeah. And I remember back in the day, you know, I could control all everything. I could do the AC, I could do change the radio. Now everything is in touchscreen. And it's really frustrating. Even like being able to pair it to my phoneless speaker, um, you know, my brother had to help me set that up, and it and it's just not, it's not easy. And uh, I I don't know even even to the car itself and the buttons on the car to open and close the doors. I was actually riding on an Uber, and it was a Tesla Model Three, I believe, and I could not get the door to open. I'm like, where, 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 what, how do I do this? And I felt so dumb, like just standing out there and be like feeling all over the door. Like I was just, I don't know, all up on that door. Oh man. <laughs> like, how do I open this? And the driver's like, uh, yeah, you just gotta, uh, push it in. I'm like, push what in? Yeah. Push what in where? Oh man. <laughs> Oh. And then oh, I finally did. And it's like the weirdest thing because, you know, you think of a door handle, you just pull it, you just pull yeah, it and yeah. it opens. No, this one, you have to push it in. And it's like the small, awkward feeling little button that's smaller than your palm. And so you have to hold that pushed in and then pull out. It's yeah. like the weirdest mechanism. And then once you get out, uh, I could not find the button to open the door either. I'm like looking for a handle, <laughs> looking. I was looking for a button because the driver said it was a button, mm -hmm. and I just it was nowhere. I was like everywhere. And finally, he was like, "Yeah, right here." And he put kind of put my hand on it, and I'm like, "This is just so weird. You have to actually push the button in and push the door out." Yeah, and it's yeah. like you're trying to get into the. I don't know. It's 2023. You're trying to make your cars more advanced, but this is harder. This is just yeah. much harder. Why That's are right. you doing this? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've listened, I've seen sighted folks walk up to a, a car like a Tesla or, or, you know, some other cars and they'd be like, how do you get in these cars? Right. And so this isn't always a, a sighted, you know, or blind problem. <laughs> There are just oh, some folks goodness. that just but can't find it. But that's the thing, though, Chris. Yeah. That's accessibility. Accessibility is not just for people who are blind, and it's not just for people who are dis have a disability. It's for everybody, honestly. And yeah, yeah. if you make your product or app or, or whatever service accessible, that just means more people can use it. It's open to more users. And and that's the mindset that companies really need to adopt so that uh, they, we can continue making things more accessible to more people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that is something that I, I've, I'm definitely going to do my best to, to shout it out, you know, to get it out there because 
it, it is very frustrating when, you know, you can't use a product, you can't set it up by yourself. You have to wait for sighted assistance. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of folks that don't have that option and it, it's unfortunate, you know, again, you know, this goes to, you know, at what point do you say it's available because there are the apps now, right. With Ira or, um, I, be my eyes. I, be my eyes, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so there, there's all these these apps now that are out there that are are great and have some great, you know, uh, options for people. Uh, and and I use it, one of the probably one of my most used apps now is Envisions app on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, reading mail, reading, you know, labels on boxes or cans or, you know, in the kitchen trying to find the exact rub if I haven't got everything marked right, you know, a certain seasoning, you know, pulling up that Envision and going to the Instatext and having it read that. It's like, yeah, that is awesome. That is so cool. I love it. You know, before when I would FaceTime somebody, uh, my wife or a, a child or something, you know, a friend, be like, all right, tell me what's in the pantry. Tell me what's in the cabinets. <laughs> and now I can do it with that Envision app. And it's just, this is, it just feels so good doing it yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So. But they're, they're, those are great. And even things like Be My Eyes, the new virtual AI volunteer, that's also really going to help. But And I think that it's important to say that we have a responsibility, right? As people who are blind or have a disability, we also need to do something and be proactive and find solutions. But, but it shouldn't all be on us and it shouldn't all be just on the companies. It's, it's something that I think society, everybody needs to work on together. And it's important to have both sides um, improving the accessibility and trying. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I know this is something that um, might cause a little bit of a stink with folks, but... There, there are certain lines that you you can't expect companies to go beyond regardless. For example, mm-hmm. you can't expect companies to put Braille labels on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, f- a couple of reasons. <laughs> First of all, how many blind people can't even read Braille? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Th- that's an issue. And so that that's why I'm the, you know now if it was like if you're blind you read braille all right then maybe you could push for companies to put braille labels on things and, and have that as some kind of mandatory thing but it, that wouldn't solve anything because of the blind community itself right we we're becoming so dependent upon this technology that you know for something to be accessible that's where companies mindsets automatically have to go and you know, the, the simplicity of things um, seems to be lost in this discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's not too many people reading Braille. And there are other, other solutions, too. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are tech-based. So, like, having QR codes or something similar to QR codes. Yeah. And this is something that everybody could use, right? Uh, whether it's a menu or a product. You could find out uh, all sorts of informations and uh, information, and that could be helpful to everybody. And as long as you make that accessible to 
screen readers as well, then then I think that is a, it's a great solution or right. one great solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but then it goes back to we're still relying upon the technology, right? But it, which is a good thing. I mean, technology has been great. It, it has allowed us to do so much that perhaps mm-hmm. was not, you know, uh, we weren't able to or, or wasn't available to us before, um, you know, having the access to things through technology has been great and it has mm-hmm. opened up so many doors. Right. Um, and so there, there's, and, and I guess my point to this is there's really not a, um, a, a, a simple answer and certainly not a one size fits all answer exactly. for these things. And, and, and like what I was saying with QR codes, I'm I'm talking about product information, yeah. right? Yeah. There's no way to make that tangibly accessible without maybe Braille, which which again, like we mentioned, wouldn't necessarily be a great solution. But still, I, I still kind of hold to what I said earlier about like actual products and buttons and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there still needs to be a way that we can access it where that is not um internet dependent uh necessarily uh yeah i think that's still important yes i think so too you know in uh absolutely i I think that that is important for us you know while we can take advantage of some of that technology and Mm -hmm. and wi-fi or internet based um it there still needs to be a a fix for when that isn't working Um, yeah i mean just imagine it. Imagine if there was no display and no control on the actual device and it was only powered through uh, the A-Lady and that was it. Like there was no app, there was nothing. Is that something that even somebody who's suicided would really be comfortable with? I mean, I'm sure they would have all the same questions. What am I going to do if it's not working? What am I going to do if the internet or connection is lost? Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yep. And, and I, uh, yeah. Wow. That, that's great. And so well, I'm glad you're answering all these questions for us and getting this all straightened <laughs> out, Carrie. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to switch gears on you real quick uh, because this is blind grilling. What is your favorite food? Oh, uh, my favorite food. Hmm. I would probably have to say either steak or sushi or both. That would also be really good together. (laughs) It would be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Steak and sushi night. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Okay. What steak do you like? Uh, my favorite is the ribeye, ribeye. definitely. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. And I know you don't cook much, but if there's one thing that you can cook uh, more often than anything else, what, would you, what do you like to cook? What do I like to cook? Hmm, anything easy? anything that doesn't take too much time oh my goodness well honestly I I do like to cook I just don't have enough time and I don't have enough 
f- energy left after all the work I have yeah, a yeah. lot of the time but I I do I do still like to cook and experiment and um I you know I, I make pretty good deviled eggs everybody says uh that um yeah. <laughs> that's right. one thing I do uh also um I, I like to bake whether it's um actual like meals or desserts those are I love those. And and now I'm just getting hungrier and hungrier. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, okay. So <laughs> let's, let's go back to apps, food related apps real quick, because mm-hmm. there are uh, apps such as Uber Eats that I have found very accessible in my experience. Um, I haven't had, in fact, I don't know when the last time I ever had an issue with Uber Eats. Um, do you use Uber Eats? Yes, I do. Probably too too often, but too, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you you found it to be rather accessible. Yeah, it's pretty accessible. Um, I don't think I've ever really had uh, much of a problem. The only thing uh, that I sometimes struggle with that uh, when when I'm trying to go through a menu really quickly. Um, is I wish sometimes navigating by headings uh, doesn't always work or get stuck. So I have to, you know, you, you can also just go to the top where you can um, select the section. But I, I don't know, I'm so used to using just like navigating by headings and mm-hmm. it'll go down like two or three and it'll stop. <laughs> okay. But other otherwise, it has all the restaurants that, um, you know, that are around me that are good and that I'm interested in. And yeah, um, I, I they get a lot of money from me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. What about, do you do any grocery shopping where you order groceries, whether it's for delivery or whether it's yes. for pickup? Um, yes. Uh, no, I okay. don't. We uh, there was a time actually that we did pick up for a while, um, but it's just so much easier to have it delivered. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and um, so we use Walmart, uh, Walmart Plus, okay. and it's it's relatively accessible. Um, yeah, <laughs> a few yeah, caveats. It some, sounds like, but there's some some quirks to it yes um okay. and i will say to service wise it's kind of iffy but it's really cheap i mean if you're looking for something an economic solution then i definitely recommend uh walmart plus if you're looking for a better experience uh oh like because um shopper wise then i would probably say instacart if you're looking for the most expensive most accessible and nicest experience i would go with shipped Shipped. h-i-p-t yes okay okay yeah they're really accessible their customer service is great it's just at least in my area they only have the expensive grocery stores and (laughs) and, yeah and i think they're they have the most accessible app okay well that's good to know i mean that's something that um we're we're starting to dabble in um my wife uh, broke the top of her foot and was having oh, some trouble wow. getting around. And I hate grocery. I, well, I do not like going to the Walmarts. I, mm. I just, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I don't like it. And so, you know, she couldn't go and, and walk by herself and I didn't want to go. So we've, we've done it twice now. It hasn't been the best experience. Of course I didn't order. So I don't know about the accessibility part, 
but you know, she went and picked it up and most everything was great, but like the bananas were terrible. Mm, they yeah. were and ugh. but the thing is though, if you contact them, they will refund you for those things. Okay. Okay. Yes. So um there have been many times where they get the wrong thing or they they get like why did you even pick it up to say that you don't have any because this like why would you even bring me these tomatoes that are like half rotten yeah yeah <laughs> i don't understand oh, um, yeah okay but they will refund you okay well that's good to know that's good to know and i'm going to check out the other ones the for sure the the ship tea and uh what was the cart one uh instacart instacart mm-hmm. okay all right. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll look into those as well and, and check those out and maybe report back to folks. So, but Carrie, I appreciate you coming on. I really do. I hope everybody will check out your YouTube channel, Carrie on accessibility, uh, C-A-R-R-I-E, because I know I have spelled your name wrong a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so Carrie on accessibility on the YouTube and check out those community questions that she has. Cause they're always great. And, uh, you know, help her to get some content going with that, um, answering those questions. So uh, I'm sure there's a reason why she's asking those questions. And uh, and so definitely check that out uh, on the YouTube. Carrie, thanks again. I really do appreciate it. And good to, good to get back with you uh, and uh, collaborate a little bit on this. Yeah, it was really great. Uh- catching up with you and just um, being on the podcast. Thank you. And maybe you can come on on to carry on accessibility. Yeah, I'd love to. I would love to. Absolutely. All right. Well, folks, again, we appreciate everybody tuning in to the blind grilling experience. Be sure and share it out to all your friends. Go to our YouTube channel. We're almost to 2000 subscribers. So close. And uh, we'd love to have you hit that subscribe button. Check out all the short videos that we've been putting up and, Uh, We got some more content on the way as well. And so be sure and check that out also. And until next time, remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float. That's what we're going to do. You can't deny there's nothing like friends and family and food. Don't sit still, pull out your grill, we're gonna have a barbecue. And barbecue, it keeps us together when life wants to tear us apart. Barbecue, no matter the weather, under the sun or the stars. Fire is burning, the world keeps turning, don't worry what you gotta do. Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking, fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue. Thank you.